and welcome back to the 126 pod. This episode's guest is a graduate from St. Joseph's College and former head coach of the Gleave Construction Little League team, aka the Gleave Good Guys. Oh, Jackson, you've done your homework. <laughs> we would like to invite Mr. Jim Saul to the 126 pod. Hey, welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We uh, so this this all came from a meeting, Jackson, when we were at the 07 pub uh, this summer. I run into Mr. Saul and the whole fam just came piling in to the 07. And I said, you know, we got to get you on. We got to tell some of the stories that we'll talk about here in a minute. Some of the things you've done, your writing, your coaching. Uh, so we're looking forward to this. Thanks for being here. Okay, my pleasure. So just a quick background, because everyone in Fort Wayne will know exactly who you are, who we are, that kind of stuff. But for our Minster peeps, so the Saul, the Sauls grew up five houses down from us. Uh, Ted's one of my best buds, your son, your, one of your middle son, your middle kids. Uh, I golfed with your grandpa and my grandpa, or your, your dad and my grandpa, fair of you back in the day. So the oh, Saul wow. family, Jackson, yeah. has been in my life for forever since day one. Um, and so in addition to that, he was also, Mr. Saul was also our fifth and sixth grade basketball coach. But I want to start there. You, you, how many years did you coach basketball at St. John's? And was it always fifth and sixth grade? Or did you, you, you mix up? No, it was, it was probably, um, it was over 20 years. And it, it went as our kids, I coached with uh, John Herb. And so all of our kids were the same age. So that went through all of his boys and all of our boys at the same time. And about that time we ended up going with um, fifth and sixth grade girls. Okay. Just joining the, joining the crowd. And then we went, um, oh no, we went seventh and eighth grade girls with um, Janelle Pollard and our daughter, Nell. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that team won, they lost like one game in four years. How, how did you pick up Mr. Humbrick? Where did he come to the equation? Was he just looking for looking to get on the bench with you guys? Yeah, I think I think when Johan, we won that championship one year, and then Johan decided to give it up, and so I drug a Humbrick into this thing, and he was a welcome addition to the practices and the games. So that was we've known each other since we were five years old. So it was. You, just, go ahead. No, just, did you always run the same offense? I mean, we ran a lot of, we ran the, the motion screen down, screen across. Was it always the same offense throughout uh, your time? Or did you, you mix it up? No, you pretty much, that was it. Unless we had uh, that one team where we, we had so many good players. We didn't, we didn't run any offense. We just, we just ripped and ran. Uh, defense was what we liked to do. We'd like to cross up the other opponents with some uh, gimmick defenses. We practiced hard on straight man to man, but then we throw this triangle and two into to the mix, and it confused a lot of teams. So it was it was it was the Anton Talamentes stopper is what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, man, he he was a man. He he'd shave before every game in fifth grade, <laughs> and uh, but we yeah we had uh, well we had you and Ted and. Downtown Landon Brown. Downtown Landon Brown was behind him, and we wore that guy out. He's, he said at the end of the game, I still remember him at the concession stand. He said, nice game. He says, man, you guys play hard. 
we wore him out that day. So what was the best team that you coached in your entire career? Well, that team was a good one. The best team in fifth and sixth grade boys was, um, see, Howard, you were in fifth grade, I think, weren't you? When, so in, No, you weren't. Vince was. Okay. Vince was in fifth grade. It was Juan Chow. He was a, a, came from Vietnam to our school. Nobody really knew how old he was, so... Nobody asked for his birth certificate. And Danny Almonte? <laughs> he was this, yeah, it could have been Danny Almonte. He was the star of the league and, and just a, a thorn in every other team's side that are. So that was probably our best team. We had Juan Chow, um, Billy Miller, Greg Parsono. Chris Hallgren and Mike Neville. That was probably the best fifth and sixth grade team. Okay. The eighth grade girls team was one fantastic team too. Who was That's, on that? That was Janelle Pollard and our daughter, Nell. Yeah. Um, Sarah Leffers, maybe on a team. Sarah Leffers, downtown Breanne Brown, <laughs> um, Megan Fink. That was a good team. One of the best teams I had was, um, nobody knows this. This is a secret. Howard, you don't even know this. Back in the 60s, Fort Wayne swimming pools, public swimming pools had, each had their own swim team and water polo team. And uh, there was McMillan Park and Sweeney Park and Lawton Park and Memorial Park. And um, we won the um, city water polo championship <laughs> two years in a row, once with McMillan and once with Sweeney. Again, there were some age issues. <laughs> You'd only be 15 years old, and there might have been somebody on that team that was 16, but it was close, and, and they were great teams. Great water polo. I love water polo. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. Did you – so I, I didn't know this. So did you – I was a lifeguard at the – Okay. Schools during my um, college years. So that's how I made a little college money. And then, um, so I lifeguarded at McMillan Sweeney and that was it. Four years. Did, did any of your kids ever play water polo or swim? No, see, I was, I think water polo, I was only, um, whatever in school, 18, 19, 20 years old. So Kids didn't play because I think water polo was done by that time in the, in the city. So, yeah. yeah. I got you. I like it. All right. So who is the best individual CYO player that you coached or played against? Well, speaking of CYO. <laughs> There's the CYO hat. So um, we'll release the video, but he's now switched hats from the Foster Park All-Stars to the CYO hat, which I, I got to get one of those. It's a great yeah, time. this is this is from the 50s. It's when I was in uh, grade school at St. John's. But anyway, uh, the best all-around player. Um, that's a good question. I would probably say Janelle Pollard. She was a very – she went on to play um, – 
D1 volleyball for yeah. uh, PFW, and uh, she's coaching her kids now too. You're going to see them before long. Her her brother or her sister, Megan, was a very good athlete. I never we never had a chance to coach her, but she married uh, Bernard Pollard from Fort Wayne South Side, who played in the uh, NFL. So that was pretty athletic ties yeah that bunch so that, that's probably the probably the best uh, howard you're right up there you're probably in the top uh no <laughs> yeah you're one of the few not very many fifth graders started at one at some point in a fifth and sixth grade game and you got quite a bit of time and you yeah there's only a handful that started as fifth graders you're one of them well well janelle, janelle pollard was she was she was I felt like she was just a, a force on the block. She just, you just got it to her and she didn't miss. No. I know she played volleyball in college, but I feel like she, I can't remember getting it mixed up, but I feel like she was a pretty good forward on the South side basketball team too. I think, right. I think she was, she was good at everything. Yeah. No, she was, she didn't know how good she was. You had to just, just stretch her, keep yeah. going, go on, do it, do it, do it. And then, yeah. So. Well, we, I wanted to also to get into like your writing. And so when we were, when I was talking to Jackson about this, and I was describing how we lived five houses down and how we always, the kids were always running around the neighborhood, all that kind of thing. And I said, what I remember about their living room is we'd come over and you had those frames in the living room, yes. letters to Billy Martin and other, and he wrote back to you and it was, which by the way, I have a lot of sports memorabilia and jerseys and autographed ticket stubs, all this stuff. You're the only man I know that's able to put that up in the center of the living room. Every I got <laughs> all in the unfinished basement. I can't even nah. get it up in the main floor. I got <laughs> away with it for a few years. Then they, they made me get rid of it. But yeah. But so, so how, how did it all start? So what did your passion for writing even start? Because I, I want to, we'll get into some of the things that we'll, I want to talk about some of the stories, the Ali and, and some of the others, but like, how did, was it something you always did or did you just you got turned on to it at one point in your life or what? Well, you I used, I used, I was a good writer in grade school, even though I'd write stuff just to goof around. And that was my major in college was journalism. Okay. I just like to write, but that, that wall started with, uh, I, I was ready to turn 40 years old and the Yankees let me get that head on here. Switching. Switching hats to the Yankee hat. There it is. Yankees were my favorite, still are my favorite team. But I wrote uh, Billy Martin. I wanted him, I wanted, he was one of my favorite players and also one of my favorite managers. So I wrote him, I said, dear Billy, I'm about to turn 40 years old. And I'd like to have you come to my 40th birthday party. And I sent him an old Sports Illustrated cover. That's the one that's in the frame. Yeah. And because um, he used to come to Fort Wayne when he was uh, out of baseball, he'd come here with Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford, and they'd go up to a tavern in Kendallville and spend the night up there and just raise cane up there in Kendallville at a place called um, Snooks, Snooks or something like that, Snooks Tavern. So anyway, I knew he was familiar with Indiana. Yeah. I said, dear Billy, can, I'm going to turn 40. I'd like to invite you to my birthday party. Could you 
gonna be whatever november 20th at eight o'clock at my house come on over so i got this thing back in the mail and it said um written on the cover of that sports illustrated he sent it sent it back to me he says dear jim happy 40th um won't be able to make it but enjoy your birthday billy martin <laughs> we we put that up on the wall and uh, that's how it kind of all got started i had others that I wrote and they write me back. So Jackson, you could do that. If you got some favorites there and on the Bengals or the Brown, whoever your favorite, just write them and you'd be surprised what you get back from these people. Everyone's so accessible now. We just, you know, you get on Twitter, you could just write somebody, send them a picture. We're yeah. Gonna, we're going to give them to your birthday party. <laughs> yeah. Just invite me. I'll come back. <laughs> So who else did you write to? Oh, I wrote to a couple others. I remember I wrote to um, Jerry Faust. He was Notre Dame's football coach. He was the first hire that Notre Dame made who wasn't a regular college coach. He was a high school coach. From Moeller. Cincinnati Moeller. So I wrote him and wished him well. And uh, um, he wrote me back and had picture of him with on the golden by the golden dome in the background dear jim thanks blah 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 um i wrote um oh there's a good one i wrote uh, providence basketball job came open providence you know college university whatever and i um i applied for the job i, I sent him my fifth and sixth grade record and I, I, what all, all we did and how we, how we, and I got a letter back from Providence AD and he says, uh, well, thank you for applying for this job, but we, we have elected to go in another direction. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so they hired Rick Patino instead of, <laughs> turned out better for them really. <laughs> And me, I didn't have to move. I stayed right here in Fort Wayne. Did you, did you, have you applied for any other high school collegiate or professional jobs since then? Or was that the only one you No, for? no, I haven't. I, I did write Larry Brown one time, you know, Larry Brown, he was a yeah. real successful college and NBA basketball player and coach. And I wrote Larry one time when the, uh, Lures job came open. He, he I'd all where he expressed an interest in going back to high school basketball, and so I wrote to him and told him our situation there at Lures, and we'd like to have you come. We'd hire you in a second and come on down. And he, he I don't think he ever wrote me back, but I <laughs> tried to get him there. Tried to put us on the map. We, we hired Jerry Gerardo or, or, uh, or Larry Gerardo, whichever one you want to go to. Either or, one. Yeah. Didn't we? Or, or Mark Armin or the rest of the, the, the crew that we had. Oh yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people. Who'd you play for? Uh, I saw so my freshman year when I played freshman, the varsity coach was Jerry Gerardo. Gerardo. Yeah. And then he left and then we hired Mark Armin. So he coached my sophomore junior and then senior year he left mid-season which will that's a, a story for another podcast <laughs> yeah that thing. that's enough. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. that's right. And then uh, Coach Nash, who was the JV coach, took over. Okay. Midseason, so that just kind of shows you the the state of the our senior basketball season. Yeah. And, and I think they went to the guy who came from South Bend. I think he had a son on the team. And he coached uh, for a guy from Penn. Yeah, from Penn. He came and coached for like a year or two, and then he left. And then they went with Coach Cruzy. This, our oh, that's right. Yeah. Biology teacher for a minute. Yeah. And then eventually they got in, there's maybe one or two elders in there. Then they got into um, the Blackman. And then, uh, oh, yeah. That's when, that's when we went from, we went from really bad, when I, you know, really bad to getting a little bit better. Then Javon Witherspoon, Javon Barnes came over from Southside. Right. Became a contender in the conference. And then, Fast forward of the year or two, then the, the Blackman's family comes in, and then that's when they went to national level. Then the yeah. Thomas and after James Black and all that. So you know, one time the Lures had uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, um, Deshaun Thomas, and Jalen Smith in school at the same time. They weren't on the same class, but all three of those guys were fresh you know in in one year deal i think it was the first time ever in sports illustrated the first time that ever in the state of indiana that an indiana high school won the state basketball baseball and football in the same year yeah i think you're right and that's you know the history behind that is you know there was only a single class for you know until 1998 so it was a little bit harder to do for many many years but that was the first time that ever happened I don't think when I read on that team, I don't think there was one kid that played on all three teams. So it wasn't one, you know, it wasn't one stud. And right. There's, there's a lot. There's a studs. There's what you just mentioned, but Deshaun didn't play baseball, and you know, Jalen didn't play baseball, maybe, and Kermeyer didn't play you know, basketball. Right. Yeah, yeah. Something, something like that. That no one played for all three teams, which is pretty incredible. Thomas Hammock, but one time played baseball and football, but I'm not sure. I think he was he was. Gone. So that was his. So he was a grade below us, and I think he played his freshman, maybe sophomore year. Had some pop in the bat. Uh, yeah. So that that JV team had Jordan Geely and Thomas Hammock, who were coaching Northern Illinois now together. But they both. Oh, nice. They both were on that team, uh, dropping bombs for that group. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's great. So Jackson's got a question. We we're talking. This has come up thousands of times at my mom's at our at Colleen and Steve's house. And we were, this is, this is what Jackson started asking about this thing. So I'll let you go, go with what you want to ask this one. Yeah, Jackson. So, my grandma, she showed me the letter you sent to uh, the St. Anthony magazine. Oh yeah. My dad and Ted, can you tell me about that story? And how did you know there was even a St. Anthony magazine to write to? That's those are two good questions. Let me uh, let me answer that. Do you have a St. Anthony hat you're putting? <laughs> no, I don't put the Foster Park hat back. <laughs> so that started. We were in a tournament game. How, your dad was one of the top pitchers in the city and a perennial all-star. So, and Ted was his catcher. Ted, our son Ted was, was the catcher. And over the years, they got to have a real good rapport with each other and knew 
knew each other well. So Howard, at one point, your dad was doing the, your um, Jackson. At one point, your dad was mowing some people down. I forget where we, I think we were out at Leo in a tournament game. Um, and Howard's just striking people out. Uh, by strike, 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 strike. So we get to about the sixth inning, last inning. We're we're ahead. And then Howard, your dad starts to ball one, ball two, ball. He starts walking, walk this guy, throwing ball, 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 ball. And so Ted, he's behind the he's behind the home plate, and he stands up, takes his mask off, tucks it under his arm, goes out to Howard. They're standing there talking. I, I don't even know what you, what you guys really said. I'll tell you what Ted told me. Um, <laughs> Bill Silly goes back and you don't see that at that level of baseball. You usually see it in the majors or minors. Or Ted puts his mask back on, goes back behind the plate, and here comes Howard. Ooh, strike, 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 strike. Struck out everybody's game. We won the game and everybody's celebrating. I talked to Ted after the game. I says, Ted, what'd you go out? What'd you tell Howard out there? And Ted said, I told him to say a prayer to St. Anthony. He looked like he was losing in the strike zone. So he's the patron saint of lost items. If you ever lose anything, Jackson, say a prayer to St. Anthony and you'll probably find it. But that's the way legend has it. Howard, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, I think think that's pretty accurate. Okay. We're we're in town this spring and our Jackson's younger brother Henry's in town for a basketball tournament. And there was like a five-hour break in between games and – some of the parents and kids are at mom and dad's house, just killing time watching whatever on the game on TV. And Colleen calls a, a, a meeting in my old bedroom with the kids up there and with the frame of the St. Anthony magazine. Oh, uh, cool. It takes them through it and says, you can't, you're not, if you're missing shots and you can't find it, you just say a prayer to St. Anthony. Yeah, and half, the half these people aren't Catholic. They don't know. They don't go to church. Yeah. Yeah. The whole so the story. The kid later was like told his parents. They texted us later. And they said, "Yeah, but I prayed to say that after I missed my free throws." Wow! Next one, so maybe we got Colin, a convert. Maybe we got a convert. There. <laughs> well, anyway, so the reason I wrote to Saint Anthony Messenger was I'm I was a custodian at Saint John's for all those years, so I had to do a lot of work in the church and the school. And there was a magazine rack in back of the church. And had all these Catholic publications on it. And one of them was the St. Anthony Messenger. So I just opened that up and I started looking through it. I said, well, my story might work here. And, I, and it tells you where to submit an article. So I wrote the article up, sent it to him. And about a month later, I get a complimentary copy of that book. And uh, I think a $30 check for they pay you if they publish it. <laughs> that was a center spread, I think, wasn't it, Howard? I think it was. It was two pages, right? It threw a big, <laughs> drew a great big angel on it and yeah. on back, and it was it was a pretty cool thing. Yeah. So, uh, oh, sorry. Keep going. No, that's all I was going to say. Yeah. I, I want to talk about the Ali, the letter that you sent him, and so this the year that you wrote Muhammad Ali was what 90, 96, 95, 97, somewhere in that range. Is that right? Let's see. Probably 96. 
Okay, so 1996, you and your family went to Muhammad Ali's house in Michigan. After yeah. You wrote him a letter. What, what did you say in the letter to get his attention? Well, I... Well, wait a minute, my phone here's... I got an Amber Alert. Anyway, the... Um... I had, I wrote, my mom had Parkinson's disease at the, she died of it at the, right before that, I think. And I, I wrote him and just talked about how much I followed him through his whole career from, from the Olympics on through to where he is now. And that, um, wished him well with his Parkinson's disease and da, da, da just kind of just wrote a, just a short note to him saying how much I appreciated watching him box all these years. And then about, I I can't even remember what the time frame. I'd say within a month, his personal secretary wrote me back and said, uh, dear Jim, Muhammad would very much like to meet with you and your family um, on such and such. Give me a call and we'll set up a time and, so we called her back. She, we set up a time to go out. We skipped, skipped school. Wrote all the kids skipped school. Oh, it was Ted and Rose and Jimmy. We drove up to his farm on uh, in Bering Springs, Michigan. Gated farm. They gave me the code to punch in when you when you got there. So we drive down this lane and we come up to the gate and they get out of the car and I get the code number and. How big is the property? Oh, it's quite a bit of acreage. It's right on this on the St. Joe River. It was a beautiful yeah. farm. Beautiful. So, farm. so no, it's not. A, yeah, there's no neighbors. It's he's kind of out there. Yeah, nothing. It's just out there. He's got his little uh, single story ranch type sprawling home, and he had a barn with a boxing ring in it, and he had a help up there cooking for him and doing his, but anyway, we go up there and knock on the door and he answers the door right there. He comes right to the doorway and standing right there in the doorway, just bigger than life. And, uh, Tommy was five at the time. So he, he reaches down and picks up Tommy, puts him in his arms and Tommy was just scared to death. And <laughs> So he says, come on in, come on in. We went in, we went to his, I guess his office. We're sitting in there. Anne-Marie had made him some chocolate chip cookies. I took him up a Bishop Lures jacket with. Uh, Big L on it. Yeah. And um, it fit him perfect. Uh, I took a bunch of pictures with that and we auctioned him off at the Lures silent auction. I, I, the pictures went for like $300 a piece. So anyway, we sat down and he, I had brought my Muhammad, I had a bunch of, bunch of books, uh, table, table, tabletop kind of book, table, what do you call it? Coffee table book. Yeah. Um, he was eating Anne-Marie's cookies and he'd, uh, and we got in this room and there was probably like, I don't know, maybe 30 huge bags of mail that he hadn't even opened yet. You know, those great big post office kind of mail bags. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know how they ever found my letter in that mess, but they did. And, uh, 
We had a nice chat with him. He'd be paging through my books and he'd see Joe Frazier down there in one of his books. And, oh, Joe Frazier. He'd pound the book, you know, like he's punching Joe. And he'd autograph a, a page. He'd flip another page and sign autograph it again. And he he was just, it was a fun, fun gathering. And at one point in time, he gets up and he starts to walk towards these orange boxing gloves hanging on the wall like they you see in the like the pros wear in their fights and yeah. just, you know, gloves and he's starting to walk toward and I know he was going to get them give them to me and his secretary was right over there in the corner she goes oh no Muhammad you promised those to somebody else and around came back down sat down but I know those were coming my way and I never got there but but yeah, that was a, he spent probably at least four hours with us, maybe more. And his wife finally came and got him. And she says, Muhammad, you got to let these people go. That They got to get back to Fort Wayne. But in the meantime, he toured us through the house, showed us where he prayed to Allah in the house. He grabbed Anne-Marie at one point and started rushing her into the bathroom, the bedroom. And then he turned around, winked at me and let her go. And it was just one little joke after another. He, he wanted to know why Rose was there. And Rose said, well, I skipped school. And he goes, Rose, you skip school. You'll be a fool. And uh, this, they had little quotes and stuff like Everything, that. Yeah, still, still, had every, still rhyming and still having every, all yeah. the same bit. Yeah, he told me, uh, you want to know the world's shortest poem? I said, yeah. He goes, Ali, wee. <laughs> what, how big was it? A, was it a big home? Was it just a, how would you describe? It was a pretty good sized ranch style home. Um, I'd describe it as sprawling. Yeah. Um, had a room for, you know, it had a, he had a cook in there cooking up some dinner for him. And then he had a, just he toured us around, you know, a great room and a, this just regular, nothing fancy, just a nice house, but yeah. probably tailored to his handicap and sure. all that sort of thing. But, and this is the same year that he did this, I mean, 96 was the Olympics in Atlanta. So this is the same year that he lit the torch um, at the Olympics. Yes. Yes. Yeah, probably about the yeah, not not far. Not, well, I'm not I can't remember what the timing of it was, but it couldn't have been too far before. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I know. I if you say they were in Atlanta in '96, uh, I'd have to figure out whether before and after. No, it was after. That's a good. I'll have to do some yeah. research on that. Yeah, that's wild. That, that's yeah. Uh, I, I, didn't I guess I, I know you spent four hours with them though. That's I didn't know that. I thought you were there an hour or so, and then you're no, out. we we <laughs> talked and he autographed and he we went out in the yard and took pictures and we're walking around. It was a beautiful day, about like today. The weather was kind of like today, but um, that was good, good, yeah, lifetime thing. What do what do you still have from that visit? I know that you, the picture, the lures jacket stuff went to auction that off. Is That's it- all. I just have all our pictures, all our yeah. five by seven prints of different things, and I still have all my books and stuff. Yeah. That's wild. That's good. That's an unbelievable story. 
Um, so we're, we're running, we're running past time. I know you got to, you got to jump for some of the things that we were talking about earlier, but we have, yeah. some, we have some mailbag questions, Mr. Saul. Okay. He's come from friends and family. These would probably be pretty good. <laughs> so who is the most athletic of your children? The most athletic of my children. Lower's hat on. Um, wow. That's a problem. That's a good question. I'd have to say Rose was very athletic. Our daughter Rose was Rosie. Rose had could she could do lots of things. And her daughter Luella is really athletic. Um, Nell was a good basketball player. Nell's a good athlete. Ted had some, uh, he tried everything. He had baseball, basketball, and football. So yeah. if you measure athleticism with that, then he's right there. That's, that's a tough question for our family. So, but we're going to take Rose, which was your first, your first answer and the first name. Okay. Athletic Saul. Yes, that's probably because she skipped school that day we went to Seattle. <laughs> uh, all right, next one. This I'll, I'll let you get this one too, Jackson. We're so going. what is the best Bishop Lewis football team that you've ever seen? Best Bishop Lewis football team. Boy, they've all been so good, but uh, has to be the team with Jalen Smith on it. They won four straight state football championships. Yeah. yeah, that's tough to beat. Well, I think we're going to win one this year, but uh, that Jalen Smith years were were the best. Yeah. Did it, did I know Ted played just for a year or two? Jimmy didn't play football. Did Lou or Vinny play football? Or Tommy? Louis Louis played football. He was on that state championship team in 1989. He's one of the few players on that team that that played both ways. He played uh, offensive end and defensive end. Okay. When, when Lures kicked the field goal to win the game, this time expired, right? Yes. Uh, Matthew Herb on the hold, Chris Delmarter on the hike, and uh, Mike Wilson on the kick. That's right. Coach John Sorg on the on the, uh, on the clock, refereeing. He saved one second for that. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> you're writing a book too right now well you know i've i've been writing it for a long time howard and i just gotta get it gotta get it done. it's basically written itself i just have to organize it and put it in categories and that kind of stuff. It's, what's it about it's a collection of memories from everyone who ever visited our old house at 317 north cornell circle oh wow so new people fiancés, uh, just anybody you can think of that ever partied or ever submitted an entry. Did you? I, I don't think I did. I'd like to, though. The first one, yeah. the oldest one I have is when we lived five houses down, your wife was babysitting us. Vinny probably wasn't born yet, but I, I peed my pants, and I still remember her yelling at me that I peed my pants and I was five years old, and so... <laughs> I still remember that story. 
that's the oldest memory I have of that home. And I ran home scared and tried to, you know, take care of things without yeah. my dad knowing. But then there's also some <laughs> fast forward. There's also some um, some few beer few beers had and the bonfires out back and then playing yeah. uh, horse in the driveway and yeah okay well, I'm gonna burger coming over you know in, in on the games and all that stuff so yeah there's a, I I don't know uh, that I did but um, I'm I, gonna get you I'm gonna get you a formal invitation to to fill that out and you'll you'll be in the book then. Yeah, I can still remember Anne Marie yelling at me for for peeing my pants when I was hopefully five. It was just five years old, but that's probably something Jackson never did when he no, was. No, no, right, bud. No, I remember running home scared, trying to hide that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll send that over. I'd like to. I'd love to submit. Okay, it I'll, I'll get something to you. All right, well, we're, we're gonna let you go because I know that you said. You got some things you got to run and do, and then Jackson wants to kick on in this Bengals game, I believe here. So yep. Hey, it's um 22-22 with two minutes to go. This should be quite a finish. Oh, here we go, bud. Well, All right. Hey, Mr. Saul, thank you very much. I've been we've been thank looking for this for a while. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it really I had fun. Yeah. Jackson, it was nice meeting you. Yep, you too. Good luck in your future podcasts. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Okay, buddy. All we'll right. See you. Thanks, Mr. Saul. See you. All right. Bye. See you, Howard. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.